Welcome to the Only One Shot Golf Podcast. I'm Jim Gallagher, Jr. Big thanks goes out to Steve Azar for allowing us to use his music. And you can find Steve at steveazar.com. Don't forget to subscribe to wherever you get your podcast and get your copy of Only One Shot. That's by VJ Trollio, and that's available at Amazon. Today I have Collegiate Hall of Fame coach Larry Penley from Clemson University, who just recently retired after 38 seasons as the head coach of the Clemson Tigers. Teams won 83 tournaments, 10 ACC championships, the 2003 NCAA championship, and made the postseason 37 to 37 years, including, including 30 to the national tournament. I could go on and on and on about Larry, so let's get right to it. Here we go. Man, I am so excited to have my good friend Larry Penley on the podcast. Larry, thanks so much for spending a little time with us. My pleasure, Jim. I've been looking forward to it. Should well, be a, should be a fun time. It'll be a good time. We go back forty years when I was at Tennessee and you were at Clemson. That's a long time. I, it's time has flown by, but uh, we had some good times back in college. But uh, who kind of got you started playing in this great game, and who kind of influenced you early on? Well, it was kind of weird. My, my dad didn't care much for the game. Um, never really played at all um, until later. My grandfather, who was a a machinist and worked in a machine shop, made me a couple clubs uh, when I was about 10 or 11, and he would go play with his boss, and he'd let me go, and I'd pull his pull cart. So really? that, that's kind of my first – I wish I, I still have the iron that he made me. Uh-huh. I wish I had the wood, but I took the wood, and I teed up every rock in our driveway, and I, and I ended up busting the wood, but – uh it was, I mean, it was good, and that's kind of how I started. Isn't that cool? I mean, it's just, we all go back to that one moment where someone got us started, and we just kept beating it around and and got out there and just fell in love with it. And that's a, that, I've never heard that story from you. That's a really cool story. But, you know, you talk about junior golf, and, you know, it's changed, I guess, so much. But one thing, there's a lot of talented young players out there. But what was junior golf, and when did you kind of, like, you said you got started with your grandfather, but when did you maybe start playing some junior tournaments? I think the first tournament I ever played in, I was 15. Other than some high school stuff, um, I played I played some junior junior high golf a couple of years, and then junior high was seven seven through ninth grade. I know I played my eighth and ninth year. I'm not sure I played my seventh. Um, and then high school, we played high school matches, but I didn't play a tournament until my birthday's in february i didn't play a tournament until the summer um late summer actually it was the george holiday memorial which was around thanksgiving uh down in myrtle beach my my 15th year wow and um dad said we're going to take you down there and see what you do and i remember shooting 85 the first day and i shot 75 the second day which was my bad which was pretty good yeah and then i won the tournament the next year wow um yeah so it, it kind of did a between my 15 and 16 year you know the competitiveness and and being able to compete and play and i finally quit playing baseball and all that kind of kicked in and that's kind of when i really realized you know what golf might be a fun thing to do to compete do you remember if something that's what we did do you remember if something kind of clicked to kind of make that turnaround so quick that just that next year no i really don't Uh, i've never had a lesson um i mean right after uh, my granddad kind of got us 
got me started. My dad finally quit playing professional fast pitch softball. Okay, and that's what he played. That was a sport he loved, and and <clears throat> he he played up until he was about thirty five, thirty six years old. And once he stopped, I, I vividly remember him coming home with two sets of clubs, and he goes, "Well, it looks like this is what we're going to do next." So, <laughs> and that and that's kind of when it really, you know, he started dragging me to the golf course. And he'd go to work and drop me off at the golf course. And we'd just play. You yeah. know, we'd just learn to play. Um, there was no instruction. You know, I did get – somebody did give me Hogan's Five Fundamental book so I could look at a grip and I could look at swing planes and I could try to figure out weight transfers and power accumulators and all that good stuff to hit the ball. But uh, there was nothing real technical. It was all by feel, and let's just go have a good time. And that's what we did. Wow, that's such a great – there's so much to be said about that because, you know, we we got not, we have all the technology out there now, and I get confused with it because I was kind of like you. I, I, my dad was a pro, and it, I had that uh, – in my back pocket, but I just went out there and just kept playing and playing and playing until I kind of figured it out. And, and those were the best times. I mean, I got more out of playing on the golf course than I did practicing, uh, for sure. But when did you start thinking, well, maybe I can do this and maybe play college golf some, somewhere. It wasn't until I was 17. Um, and then I, I, I won the PGA, the Carolinas PGA junior. Uh-huh. And I started getting some, you know, I guess some attention and some letters. Prior to that, I had gotten a letter from, from Wingate College. That was my first letter, and that's where I thought I was going to school. Wow. Um, I didn't even know they anything about golf. I knew Wake Forest was amazing. I knew Wake Forest had won back-to-back national championships in, like, 75, 76, and that was Jay Haas, Curtis Strange. Um, so, I, you know, as a North Carolina boy, I knew about all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I never dreamed of playing on that kind of stage. And then all of a sudden I had a summer where I won about four tournaments and then it got, you know, it got busy. Um, but the recruiting is so much earlier today, you know, we're, we're looking at kids in the eighth grade, ninth yep. grade, 10th grade, usually by 10th grade, they've darn near made up their minds. Well, college was a distant blur when I was in the 10th grade. Oh yeah. You know, we, we didn't, we didn't commit. I didn't commit until February of my senior year. Right. So, you know, it was it was a longer, drawn out, um, later process for sure. Um, but I, you know, I figured out, you know, if if I can get to college, I can get me an education. Um, whether I play great golf or not, but I'm gonna have fun doing it. And I'm gonna I'm gonna try to play and compete, and let's see what happens. And you know, for whatever reason, I'd always loved Chapel Hill. Um. They had coaching issues at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike McLeod was their coach. He was dying. Mm. Um, so that kind of – they had hired Devin Browse, but I didn't know Devin – Devin Browse was the superintendent at the golf course at that time. Mm-hmm. So I didn't – you know, I didn't want to go play for a superintendent, although Devin later became a great coach and a very dear friend. Mm-hmm. Um, coach Haddock, after winning in back-to-back national championships, asked for a raise at Wake and got declined. Wow. They turned him down, and it upset him so bad, he left Wake Forest and went to Oral Roberts. So Coach Haddock had been recruiting me. My dad, my grandfather was a you know, staunch Southern Baptist, so of course he would have <laughs> loved to have seen me go to Wake Forest. Absolutely. Uh, but now he's gone. They bring in this guy from uh, Georgia Southern named Ron Roberts. 
And um, I don't know, the, the, the fit just wasn't there. And then all of a sudden I got a phone call from Bobby Robinson in Clemson, and why don't you come down here and visit? And I did, and I fell in love with it. And literally I have never left the place. I, I understand uh, that why. Was in, yeah, I mean, seriously, that was in – that was in spring of 70, 77, and I mean, I'm I'm still here. <laughs> I know. So it's been a it's it's, it's been a long time. So you, uh, you, you mentioned recruiting. We'll get back because I want to get back to the Clemson story. But you mentioned recruiting and, and these kids having to make these decisions so young. And I know, I mean, it was if you were a a boy, it was ninth grade or tenth, or you just kind of got left out. Don't you think it's? And I think they've kind of made a little bit of a change to get a little bit a little bit later in tenth grade. That's an awful young age to try to make a decision that you're four years from having. I mean, that had to be tough not only for coaches but for kids to make those decisions to get that far in advance because you don't know how good you're going to be. Like you said, you were a late bloomer. Yes, and and I have actually recruited late bloomers. I, I, I've uh, Charles Warren was a late bloomer. Really. Um, Yes, Charles didn't. It, it didn't kick in with Charles until, you know, till late in his junior year, maybe senior year. You know, and there's a lot of players that that, that I've recruited that way. Joey Maxson was that way. Um, a, a lot of great players turned out. I mean, they they just don't mature until later. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you you can recruit talent at fourteen, fifteen, maybe even sixteen years old, but you still don't know what they're what they're capable of mentally. You don't, you don't know how tough they're going to be. You don't know how they're going to compete. You don't know if they're going to be playing golf when they're 20 years old. True. So all this, all this recruiting that's been pushed earlier and earlier and earlier, I have been totally against it. I have made my voices heard against it. Um, believe it or not, it's been the kids and the parents that have continued to push the early recruiting. Really? Why? I do not know. I think they want to feel like they can secure a spot on a college team and have somewhere to play. And then they try to continue to upgrade from there. But it's, I don't know. I've never been a fan of it. I, I don't, I don't believe in it. Uh, I want to know more what I'm getting. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to, I want to wait a little bit longer, get to know the guy, get to know his family, get to know his whys. You know, why does he play golf? Well, why does he do this? Um, get to know all those questions and then, you know, then 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 I then I'll know more how to coach. It, I, I think so. That's that's kind of how our approach was. You no, know, your approach is like mine because I had two of my daughters play, and I remember. Of course, my oldest would have been a late bloomer. I mean, she was a soccer player and didn't decide till like her junior year. Hey, Dad, I want to play college golf, and I mean, she just played a few tournaments around Mississippi. And I said, "All right, sweetie," and we went around a whole summer, and she wins the state am beat Virginia Grimes, who was on the Curtis Cup team uh, her senior year of high school, and she plays at Mississippi State, one of those late bloomers like you're talking about. My other daughter was a top player, and I just told her, I said, Kathleen, you do not have to make this decision until you're ready, If, but you have to be honest with the coaches. Uh, but you got to narrow it down to you know three or four schools. We'll go visit, and you just until you're ready. And I remember her telling me, and this is a, I mean, I'm not trying to make fun of her, but she, I think it was almost going to her junior year. She goes, Dad, colors matter. I go, colors? She goes, you got to look good to play good. So, I mean, they're that age. They don't even have, you know. And I said, that, that's true. Uh, I said, purple looks okay on you. And so she ended up going to LSU. But, I mean, it was she was only that far along. And I can't imagine a kid, you know, in ninth grade making a decision that will affect their life. I think that's why we're seeing all these transfers, too. I think it's it's very difficult for coach Coaches change every couple of years if you're not careful. So there's so many things. I'm with you. I, I just wait till you're ready and, and – 
and, and just be patient and be honest with the coach, and I think it'll all pay off. But you mentioned Clemson, and, and I tell you, when we were – I was a freshman. You're a couple years older than I am. And we played with you all, and Bobby invited me down to a ball game. And it was – they were playing North Carolina. LT was playing for Carolina. And I fell in love. I said, Bobby, why didn't you recruit me? Because it had been a tough decision for me not to go to Knoxville. Uh, I'd have had to wear a little different shade of orange because I love Clemson. What makes Clemson so special? Man, I don't know. It's um, it, it, It's been a great place to raise a family. I mean, it really is a small college town. Um, we're, we're, we're losing a little bit of that now because we're, we're expanding and growing so much. Darn Dabo's football team has been so <laughs> successful that, that our brand has reached out. And everybody knows what that paw is now. And I, I think the applicants, you know, just the applications to come to Clemson has risen, you know, over 50% in the last 10 years. So, you know, uh, all that's changing. Um, you know, my, let's see, my junior year, senior year, uh, our president at that time promised me, you know, we'll, Clemson will never have over 10,000 students. I graduated, I think we had 8,700 students. Really? Well, Clemson is about. Clemson's about to hit twenty five thousand. That's that's a bigger, big time campus, um, but we still keep our close knit family, small town feel, which is kind of cool. I just hope we don't get so big to where we lose that. But but to me, that's that's what you know what what makes Clemson Clemson. You know, uh, the the locals, you know, are 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 still locals. I mean, it's and it's um, it expands into the town of Central, where I live, and even Six Mile, which is right up the street from me. And, you know, these, these are all little old small towns around Clemson. But it is a very, very, very special place with big-time athletics. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's pretty cool when you combine those two. Well, I think anytime I saw what happened to Auburn when they won a national championship and just all the, the people, the attention. Look at Miami. Uh, when they became the U, uh, more people wanted to go there because of a, a successful football program. So I think that, that it it means a lot, gets more money involved, and more kids want to be part of that experience. And you're right. I mean, Clemson's a big-time school right now. I didn't realize you all were only 8,700 students. That's unbelievable that it went from that to 25,000 because I think that's what that's what it is at UT is about 20-some thousand. But you mentioned your, uh, your college. What was college golf like for you? We played a lot together, and we had a good time. But Bobby Robinson was one of my favorite favorite people uh and it had to be a lot of fun to play under him it was bobby's great and i and i still see him quite a bit he still lives in the same house uh right off of rig street downtown clemson um bobby was fantastic he um he recruited a lot of guys that got along i mean i loved my teammates i i, I loved clarence rose mm. um i loved mike lawrence uh mike is still teaching at Boscobel which is literally five minutes up the road. Uh, Mike Carlisle, who's still the coach at USC Aiken and has won three NCAA Division II national championships. Um, and then later, my upperclassman years, you know, we had Julian Taylor and mm-hmm. Tony Nimmer. I've, I've had the pleasure of recruiting and, and having Tony's boy, Bryson, who was a great player. Uh, and then Diller Pruitt and, and Norman Chapman. Uh, I had them on both ends. It was kind of weird. They were freshmen when I was a senior, and then my first year coaching, they were seniors. So that was a really weird dynamic, but we got through it. Um, but it was fun. I mean, Coach Robinson sold us on a dream. Hey, we're going to we're going to compete with Wade Forest. 
you know, wake is the bar. Mm-hmm. We're going to get there. Uh, we're going to do everything it takes. We're going to work hard. Um, he taught us really not to sell ourselves short. Um, and by our my junior senior year, we were competing with Wake. Yeah, um, we got to the NCAA tournament for the first time in school history my junior year, Clarence's senior year, and we finished twelfth at Ohio State. And you would have thought we'd won the national championship. You know, so the, the bar was continuing to be raised, and then. In 1983, which is right after that, my senior year was 81. Uh, in 83, which is the year before I started coaching, Dillard's junior year, uh, the team goes out to Fresno, California and finishes fifth. Yeah. So, you know, I, I tell people all the time, I didn't build anything. <clears throat> Bobby Robinson built it. It was almost like when he handed me the keys, here it is, don't mess it up. Yeah. So I've spent 38 years trying not to mess it up. Well, and you did, and you did a heck of a job. And that's there's a lot of truth to that. Tennessee was a lot like that. When I chose to go to school there, they had no golf program. And we win the SEC my freshman year. We go to the NCAAs. We played at Ohio State, like you said, and we kind of built something. And it, you know, that's that's how things started. The, the guys coming along may, may maybe you know kind of reap the benefits of it all, but someone has to plant the seed. Bobby planted the seed, and and you mentioned you know your senior year, you had a really good senior year, all ACC. You turned pro for a little bit, but Bobby asked you to be an assistant, uh, and, and you mentioned that you got in there young with those guys. How tough was that to just with some of these guys are your teammates? And you're coaching them now. That had to be – I know for my wife's sissy, Karen Bonson, was at LSU, and she took over. She was coaching some of her teammates. That had to be pretty tricky. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, and it was um, – I, I, I kind of stayed away as much as I could from coaching unless they wanted to ask me mm-hmm. something. Uh, but I would play with them. And I, I figured they, you know, they really would learn as much or more by seeing as they would me telling so I, I, I tried to do it that way with them, and and and, and they did. I mean, they, they were such great guys, and we, you know, Dillard, Dillard, Norman, and I today are still great friends, and I, I talked to Dillard quite a bit. But it's it, it was it was sort of different, um, but not really because we really didn't change too much of anything we did. We just went and played golf. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Dillard had a couple family members that played golf that would help him with his swing. Of course, he always had Jay Hops. Right. You know, Jay was Jay was married to Dillard's sister. So, you know, we always had Jay as a reference, or Dillard did, and then he'd come back to share the knowledge with us, you know, which was always cool. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we were always looking, you know, ways to grow and, and, and ways to learn. Um, Jay Haas was a, whether he knows it or not, was a, was a tremendous help to, to Clemson Golf when Dillard was there because Dillard would just share everything he'd learned from Jay. That's uh, good, which was really kind of cool. Yeah, it's a great guy to learn. And Jay's one of the greatest guys on <clears throat> earth. I mean, he's just they're just salt of the earth. And Dillard is as well. Just love the boy. And he just we've been friends for a long time. I remember when Dillard became a rules official after he kind of retired from playing and we were at Doral and it, it was a basic drop and he goes, What's up? I said, I want to see if you know the rules. I'm gonna see if this could be your first attempt to tell me if you know the rules here. Now you're a rules official, <laughs> just give him a hard time and he just shook his head. He said, You know, we timed you back there in that bunker. It took you nine seconds to hit it. I said, I know I had to dig my feet in or it had been six seconds and he just laughed and went on. But I just I just love Dillard. <laughs> you know, you, <laughs> he just he always was a good friend and always will remain. I think that's what makes college golf so great is those friendships. And like we haven't talked you and I for a long, long time, but we still we had that relationship back in college and 
those good times. And I, I think for any kid out there, it's not just about winning tournaments. It's the relationships with your teammates. And, and my teammates are the same way. We finally started getting a reunion together. And it's like we just left off the day before. And I just think you've built some great relationships over the years. And I think that's so important uh, to be successful. And, and you mentioned now you've got some of the players and their kids coming back to you. And I heard Steve Spurrier say, you know, he knew he was a successful coach when his players, ex-players, brought their kids back to either just meet him, let alone play for him. So how special was that? And you've had a bunch of those kids come back and play for you. Yeah, it really is. I mean, that's uh, one, of the, one of the biggest reasons I stayed for 38 years. Uh, my plan was to get out at 35. Mm-hmm. And I had, I had set plans for myself as a coach. I had a five-year plan and another 10-year plan and then a couple – or then a 15-year plan um, – and I'd map all this stuff out, and then all of a sudden we sign Chris Patton's boy, Colby, and Kyle Cottom and Turk Pettit. Mm-hmm. And I'm going, you know what? These might be as three good of players as I've signed at one time. I said the same thing when we signed DJ Trahan, mm-hmm. Matt Hendricks, and Greg Jones, and those three won a national championship. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking, you know what? These guys here are going to get it done. I'm really looking forward to – reconnecting with Chris, you know, kind of through Colby, although Chris is only about 40 miles from me. He farms. He's kind of out of golf. Um, Don't hear much from him, um, but it was really, really great having Colby for four years. So, Mm. there, you know, and and rekindling that relationship. And, and Jim, you had a teammate that, that was as good a buddy as I've ever had. I grew up I swear, it was kind of weird. The the that first George Holiday tournament I played in, I played with John Hammer. Oh my gosh! Yeah. The very next year, down at George Holiday, I played with John Hammer. Well, in the National PGA Junior, I played with John Hammer. Our families got to be close, um, and I, I stayed in really close contact with John. Um, I know he's passed, but if you but you talking about a good friend. Um, and a, and a really dear person. I I really thought the world of him, and what a great talent and great player he was. Yeah. Um, but I, I I miss John, and 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 I know C- Coach Malarkey did a really good job with you guys as well, tying personalities together and and, and tying guys with common goals and common common dreams. Man, it makes teams a lot more fun when you have that. Doesn't it? Absolutely, you're right. Because we did have some different personalities. I was the youngest, and they always called me the eternal freshman, even my senior year. <laughs> but uh, but Hammer did. I'll tell you a story, and I probably shouldn't tell because people are going to listen to this, but Hammer takes me out. It's the first day I'm on campus, the first night, and he goes, all right, we're going to go to Fox Den and hunt golf balls. And I said, okay. So we go with Dick Van, Von Tacky, and we go out there, and we sneak out. We got a big old pillowcase, and we're digging in this lake at the, at the pond at 18 at Fox Den. Well, I don't know anything about water moccasins and copperheads. You know, I'm from Indiana. I don't know anything from, you know, poisonous snakes. And so, I mean, we load up. We hit the mother load. We each got a pillowcase full of balls, and we walk off the 18th green, just about to get to the car. Security cop comes up, freeze, has a gun, says, freeze, I got you all surrounded. What are you all doing? And, I mean, I'm panicking. I hadn't even been to class yet. I'm thinking my dad's going to kill me. And Hammer talks this way out. The only thing we had to do is give up the golf balls. But, you know, he could get you in some <laughs> awkward situations. But, <laughs> I mean, I, I could go on and on with Hammer stories. But he was. He was a great leader for us. And he, you know, arthritis stopped his career because he would have been a very good PJ Tour player. He did get his card. 
but arthritis got him. It actually had him kind of his last two years of, uh, of college and eventually, you know, took his life, as you said, very young. And, and he did. He was one of our leaders, and he was part of one of the core guys that helped us to have so much success. But he just, like you said, a great friend. I hadn't seen him there for a while, and he hugged you, and you just knew he was a guy that would always be there for you. And it just that's the friendships. And you mentioned, you know, these are guys from other teams, and that's what I, I cherish so much at college golf. And that's why I'm this year getting to do and cover the NCAAs for the first time with golf channel i just i kind of had those memories come back and guys like you and and knowing so many of these coaches and it was so much fun to to watch the success you had but you take over uh we'll go back and you take over for that first few years what were the first few years like after taking over for bobby as the head coach by yourself you you were an assistant for maybe a year or so but now you're the head coach and you didn't have an assistant you had a really sweet assistant who you've been married to uh, for a long time but uh that had to be a little tricky early on well, it was because there weren't many young coaches. <clears throat> you know, all the coaches were old. Mm-hmm. You know, you still had the Coach Haddocks, you know, and, and, and the Dave Williams and, and the uh, Buster Bishops. And, um, you know, even Coach, Coach Malarkey was, you know, 20 years older than I was. So it, it I didn't have many friends or any people I could really, you know, I, I, I tell you who really kind of took me under their wing was Charlie Madlock down in Florida Side. Really? You know, here, here, here at D2 school, now they are a fantastic D2 school. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's had – Lee Jansen won, what, two U.S. Opens? Yeah. Um, yeah, so he's he's had two or three major major winners on his teams at, at, at Florida Southern. Um, he he kind of took me under his wing. So if, if, if I had any, any questions or, or any advice I needed, I went to Charlie. And he was so gracious and, and so, you know, he, he was a character to begin with, so you really enjoyed being around him. But I uh, I had a lot of fun with Charlie Madlock. And, it, it you know, later on, you know, when I am when I get into my 30s, you know, I'm 23 years old as a head coach. So it's – Wow. There weren't that many my age. Mm-mm. There were very few that was really within 15 years of me. College golf jobs didn't really turn around that much back in the day. Uh, you do see a lot more of it today, uh, but basically, it's it's assistance jobs. Mm-hmm. But nobody really had assistance back then. You know, we just did it all ourselves. We did all the scheduling. We did all the planning. We we raised what money we could. We we did all the recruiting, um, and it was a full 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 time job. But uh, it really was a lot of fun. I learned a lot. Charlie was a big help. Uh, Richard Sykes at NC State who is another dear friend. He was always there for me for any questions I had. I still communicate with him quite a bit. And, you know, he coached for 41 years and uh, is one of the greatest guys I've ever been around. So th- those relationships I, I still keep near and dear. You guys, <clears throat> excuse me, you guys seem to have a close coaching fraternity even today. I noticed, you know, when you retired, all the guys saying nice things about it. Just that even though you're competitive – Y'all are in it together, uh, and you do have some pretty close friends amongst it because it would be an awful job to not have those close friendships. Uh, uh, the guys you can talk to who are kind of in the same boat. You're recruiting the same kids, but you guys can t- still be friends and competitors at the same time. Well, it's uh, you know, and, and I'm blessed, you know, even closer to us in the ACC. Um, we, we, we do real good together. Um, Bruce Hepler, I, I don't have a better he- – better uh better buddy or better friend 
than 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 Bruce. Uh, now we've spent thirty years trying to beat each other's brains in, and he's got the best of that a lot, maybe maybe more. But it's uh, you know I, I've always enjoyed competing against him. Um, Trey, Trey Jones at Florida State just does a phenomenal job, and I have always appreciated and enjoyed his friendship, even when he was at Georgia State. Mm-hmm. Um, you could tell he was, you know, he 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 was going to go on to bigger and better things, and he and he has, and he's done such a great job at Florida State. But our, our conference coaches are close. Um, I, I actually backed off on one of my moral issues to uh, give them a unanimous vote. They, I was the lone no vote on the match play. You were. It was eleven. It was eleven to one, and they go, nope, 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 nope. We're going to do it. We're going to be unanimous. You need to get your heart right and come on and join us. And and, and I did. And lo and behold, it won us an it won us an ACC championship this year because it, the golf that Chapel Hill played for the first fifty four holes was deserving of a champion. Mm-hmm. But guess what? Now now we play matches. And lo and behold, they draw the number two team in the country in Florida State in their first match. Just got whitewashed. We beat NC State and we beat Florida State. So if it hadn't have been for the match play format, we don't win. What were but some of your anyway, it's, uh, what, what were some of your reasons to hesitate? Because I mean, there were a lot of coaches even on the women's side that weren't quite sure because they had dominating metal play uh, teams. They were pretty deep because match play is a different animal. You can beat anybody on any given day. Well, and and that's kind of why I don't like it. I mean, it, it's I, I think it's more luck. Um, and then when you're only playing five, now you only need three players. True. To play. You know, you, you you only need three matches. You know, before. We're, we're counting four scores, mm-hmm. you know, so we at least have to have four, which I think that better identifies the better team. So now we're even diluting it even more, and we only, we only need three. You know, so I, I don't think the format crowns the crowns the better team or crowns the champion like it should, uh, but it's here to stay. Mm-hmm. And I know the reason my ACC buddies wanted it is, is they wanted to help prepare us better for the NCAA. Sure. You know, they, they, they wanted to say, all right, you know, we're, we, we've got some really good teams coming up. We're, we're, we're going to be making match play. The SEC's already doing this. Mm-hmm. You know, let's let's go ahead and do it, and maybe it'll help prepare us more, and maybe it, it'll help one of us win a national championship. I, I, I get that, and, and, and I understand that. But the reasons going into it and why we have it initially, even on the national level, the NCAA level, I'm not sure I agree with it. You know, I, I I think it's cost Oklahoma State four or five yeah. NCAA championships. Uh, now it does create excitement, it does create high drama, um, and if that's what you're going for and that's what you're looking for, well, you're going to get it. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as crowning the best team in the country, I'm I'm not so sure. Yeah, because I th- I think when you look at the women's side, Stanford was running away with the medal play. I mean, and they lose in their first round. And and I don't it, it's the it, it's just it's one of those deals where you're like what the heck Pepperdine who was the best team last year hands down deep whatever they Oklahoma almost beat beat them basically with four guys that were really three guys that were playing any guy uh, uh, you know with rebound wasn't playing very good at, that week and it was struggling so you're down to four and, and you're right they but Pepperdine who was the deepest team ended up winning but yeah it has cost Oklahoma State. A few. They'd won some medal plays by a bunch. but And it is. I mean, it's great for TV. It's great for the drama. And there's a little different coaching philosophy for that. But I'm sure that's why all the conferences went that way. But 
you know, when you were out recruiting, and I always like to ask the coaches I've had on, what are you, what were you looking, or what are you looking for? And now that you're retired, but what were you looking for in a kid when you're out there recruiting? Because a lot of kids want to know what does a coach look for, and, and how do they get in contact with them? Oh gosh, I, I, I think the first thing, <clears throat> obviously, low scores gets our attention. Mm-hmm. You know, but before I come watch a kid play. Rarely have I just gone to a tournament and just park it on the range. Yeah, I, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't really pay that much attention to to golf swing or anything like that. I do pay attention to fundamentals. I do want to see a good grip. I do want to see a somewhat conventional golf swing. Um, there again, that would have taken Wolf right out of the picture. Yeah. I mean, look, look, look how, and look how great he he was. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I, I, I want to go watch, you know, I, I want to see how his relationships are. You know, I want to see how he treats his parents. Uh, we have backed off a couple kids just because of the interaction between the, the player and their parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had one, one kid snap at a mama one day. She brought in the wrong color Gatorade. Oh, boy. Snack bar at the turn, you know. So you, you pick up on all them little things. You see them little things. I'm going to stay with you till I watch you play bad. Mm-hmm. I want to see you play poorly. I, I want to see the I want to see the putts lip out. You know, I want to see the the shots a half a groove groove low bury in the bunker. Let's see how you handle all this. You know, you're gonna scratch out a 73 or 74, which you know might win us a golf tournament. <clears throat> Throw a pity party and shoot 77, 78 to 80, and and do nobody any good. So that's kind of what we're looking for. Um, you know, I, I hate to say that we recruit attitude a lot, but we do. Um, and we look at attitude as right or wrong, not good or bad. Uh, it's it's more black and white than good or bad. It is right or wrong. It is either the right attitude or the wrong attitude. Um, we travel in that Sprinter van a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're spending a lot of time with each other in a very close, confined area. Um <laughs> We, we have to like each other. We have to be on the same page with each other. Um, and I'm not going to get in there with a bunch of kids I don't like. So I really make sure that our our attitudes are are compatible and, 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 and we can build on that. Yeah, there's a lot to be said. I probably didn't get as many looks a few times in junior golf with a few outbursts I've made. But Coach Malarkey found, saw something in there that was truly me. Uh, but I was quick to get. Hey, I, I don't mind the outburst, yeah. you know, and, and I told our camp kids, you know, I don't mind the passion. You know, if, you know, great players have short memories, you got to get over it real quickly. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if, if, if it's a quick, as long as you're not cussing or tearing up the golf course. Right. But if, but if you're showing a little bit of a regret, Hey, it just, a lot of times it just shows me you care. True. You know, but. But the only shot that matters is this next one now. So let's 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 get over it and, and, and let's get refocused. So, you know, I don't mind the outburst. To me, that sometimes that just shows a competitive spirit that that you can't coach or teach. Yeah, that is, that's a lot of truth to that because there's a lot of guys like that. That is, it, it means they care, and it, if it affects the next shot, you're in trouble. But I think one of the things that really you, you talk about that tightness and you, and you recruit those kids in different personalities, but. One thing that we didn't have, and I would have hated it, was workouts, uh, especially early morning workouts. I, I know watching my girls go through that. I don't know about you, but I, I, even as a coach, I know you weren't in there working out with them, or were you in there working out with them those early mornings? 
No, no. Um, I don't. Um, golf has really come a long way. Um, I think we have Tiger to thank for all that. I, um, it's uh, the, the the kids are better athletes today. I mean, I, I really believe that. I mean, my, you, you look at my team when they get out of the van. I mean, we look like a swim team. Yeah. You know, we're 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 six five, six four, six three, six three. Um, they spend at least three days in the gym a week. Um, now it is it is specific golf training. A lot of it's speed training. You know, a lot of it's shoulder and lower back injury prevention training. But it's still training, and and they're in there feeling like a feeling like an athlete, and training and working like an athlete. And it's uh. It's been a whole different deal. Um, we've we've done a good job at Clemson. Who, whoever is assigned to us, uh, we always send them to the TPI training. There you go. And they get and they get a they get a full week's course on on what to do golf specific training, and it's it's awesome. I mean, it is really fantastic. Our guys buy into it. Um, you know, at, I don't think we did it as a team when I started coaching until. Gosh, probably, probably the mid nineties. Yeah, mid to late nineties. Mm-hmm. I think Jonathan Bird was the first one to ask for it. He said, well, "Why don't we get in the gym a little bit?" And then from then on, it kind of took off. I mean, Trahan loved. It. Yeah, Trahan spent a lot of time in the gym. Lucas loved it. Lucas liked going in the gym. Um, but it's it's different. I mean, it really is different, and you got, and, and you really have to be careful. I mean, you really have to be careful. You have to be in there with somebody you somebody you can trust and somebody knows what they're doing you don't want to be in there with with a football mentality trainer you know that's going to have you doing a bunch of dead weights and dead lifts and you know because you can't get hurt so no i've got to be real careful i've seen a lot of kids get hurt uh either they weren't paying attention to what they the kids were doing or they just weren't like you said tpi certified weren't golf related but the successful teams in the successful programs, try to get somebody in there that does that because that's great advice for the kids out there. When you're looking at a school, you know, check out their training. Who's going to be the one that takes care of you? Because it's four years of working out, as you said, three or four days a week, and it is. That's why they're hitting it further. That's why they're in better shape. I mean, they were great athletes when we were growing up, but man, they look like athletes now. Uh, and fit. Yeah, I wish I could have probably did. A little, I wish I would have done a little bit more of that. Uh, even on tour, just to kind of kept playing a little bit longer. But you know, you, you this was your last year. You were, you're going into retirement. How emotional was it going in that last week, uh, knowing this was it? Because it looks like the kids were really fired up to go. You know, y'all won four tournaments, the ACC. You get out there, and and it had to be a pretty emotional uh, week for you going in, saying this is my last one. It, it, it was, and it really started hitting me at the ACC championship. Um, I mean, we, we win it in very dramatic fashion with a birdie on the extra hole. And then it kind of hit me, that's my last ACC championship. Mm. Um, and I had coached in 37 of them and played in four. So I had kind of been, I'd been through 41 of them, and now that was over. Well, the regionals at the Golf Club of Tennessee, um, that was not our best golf. We go in as a one seed and we squeak through. So I didn't have time to reflect on what, you know, this might be my last tournament. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we're trying to get through, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to get to darn Arizona. Um, so I never let my mind go there, 
but we found a way to get through. We played pretty good the last nine holes and, and, and made it. And then we get to Arizona and I was just trying to soak everything in. You know, mm-hmm. I was, I was trying not to, uh, I knew the golf course was going to be pretty difficult for some of our players. Uh, I knew Pettit was going to have a great week. Um, Pettit's ball flight, just Taylor made fit, got that, that golf course. I mean, it was, uh, he hits a high cut with mm-hmm. a lot of spin. And those greens got harder and firmer. Even the fairways got firmer. His ball was going to stay put. He was playing a wider golf course than the rest of the field. So he was going to hit more fairways. Um, and once he got the green speed down, I knew he was going to be a factor. Uh, some of my other players that move the ball right to left and doesn't hit it as high, I knew were going to struggle. Mm-hmm. But you but you can't change it now. I mean, no. you you, you got to dance with what you got and – um, you know, we've tried to get a little more conservative off the tee and tried to tried to fit a few things in there and make it happen and try to get to that final eight. We had a chance. It just didn't work out. So now my focus really turned to, to Pettit, and let's see what we can do with him. Um, I thought a lot about, I'll be, be honest with you, I thought a lot about Charles Warren. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the last day, Charles won the NCAAs as an individual in 97 at Conway Farms in Chicago. And uh, Charles never led that golf tournament. You know, Charles, the only time he wins is when he makes the winning putt on the playoff hole to beat Brad Elder. Mm. That's the only time he led. So, But I knew Pettit was leading at times the last day. That's kind of why I wanted to get to him. Uh, I knew how he stood. I knew he didn't care, but he didn't really want to know. Um, he's a very process-oriented, very in-the-moment present tense player so we weren't going to mess with any of that we're just going to let him do um but i did think about charles and and it's really cool having having another ncaa champion with charles and and charles has embraced it and charles and turk have already been under um been in contact quite a bit and it's a very small club then too so um that was really a lot of fun for me uh, watching Turk win it, and then it kind of hit me, you know, Billy, Billy, Billy Ray, Ray. <laughs> uh, kept bringing it up, and I'm going, Billy Ray, you need to hush. <laughs> and and Brant, Brant Packer was there, and, and, and I've known Brant. Uh, Brant's brother and I were roommates for a while. I mean, I'm, I'm very close to their family. It, it, it was emotional, uh, and Heidi being there. But it's, uh, hey, I was so ready to retire. Uh, I ended up getting through it, and uh, you know, all, all's good. You know, it's 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 really all good. You know, I you, mean, the pro, you, program is in tremendous hands. Yep. Jo- Jordan Bird's going to do an amazing job. Um, he's going to hire him a great assistant. He, he's got to hire. I tell everybody, he's got to hire somebody to replace himself. Uh-huh. He's not replacing me. He's got to hire somebody that does what he did. Uh-huh. That's going to be tough to do. It's easy to do what I do. Um, He's going to have to replace himself, and then once he does that, you're going to see some great things out of our golf program. Yeah, assistant, they do a lot. They do a lot of grunt work. I I know plenty of assistants, but you you messed. I I got a little teary eyed for you too, brother, watching that as well because I was in the studio and I was like, what am I going to say about my friend here? And just and that just <laughs> you know, it's like okay, I don't want to be sitting here crying on TV. And I I did. I felt for you because I I I I just know how much you loved it and how much you loved those kids and how much they loved you. 
and, and, it, and it showed. And, and, and the respect you had throughout uh, your career. I mean, some of the things you've accomplished, like 37 out of 37 trips to the NCAA, 30 national trips to the nationals, the national championship, 10 ACCs, coach of the year nine times. I mean, five different decades, two individual champs. Do you have a pinch me moment sometimes when you sit back and look at what your teams have accomplished over all those years? No, I, I never allowed myself to do it. And then, um, because I, I knew we had a, we had an unfinished business and a, and, and a job still left to do. So I never took that luxury. I, I will, when these camps are over with, I really still have it. Um, because I've, I've been really quite busy. I mean, we get back on, we get back early Wednesday morning. This is Jordan's first time running golf camp, you know, and, and I'm there, you know, I'm, I'm wanting to be there for it. So we've got a lot of busy work to do on all day, Thursday, all day, Friday. I mean, we got to get vans. We've got to get meal cards. We've got to get room keys. We've got to get all the groups in order. we got to get everything lined up to golf. We've been busy. And then camp started Saturday. And then the first week ended yesterday. So uh, I still haven't given myself that luxury. Um, you know, I, and, and Dillard and I keep talking. We're going we're gonna to meet for a cold one at some point in time and sit down and talk about some things. And, and uh, you know, I'm really looking forward to reconnecting with some of my former teammates more um, and just continue to build on those relationships because when it boils down to it, that those are really the gems that I'll, that I'll keep. Um, you know, the, the, the tournament wins, I don't even know where some of the trophies are, you know, to, to be honest with you. And, and that really doesn't matter. But what does matter is, is the personal relationships, the friendships, um, the battle scars we went through together. Man, we'll keep those forever. And I'm really looking forward to thinking about all that stuff that we did in the past. So, it's, I mean, it's really going to be a blast. Absolutely. 83 wins, but what you said is the personal relationships. I think there's a John Deere tractor in your future, too, calling you some... Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. today if it'll ever quit raining, I can get out there on it. Oh, well, you maybe have to put some... Uh, ours is, it's raining so much here, I saw the, the ark going down the boulevard here just a minute ago yeah. with the animals. I was like, lordy, lordy. But, Larry, it's been a blast. I know you're busy. I appreciate you spending some time. It was great catching up with you. Uh, and I kind of always like to end our podcast with whether in life or golf, you may have only one shot and you got to make it count. And you've made it count in countless lives. Uh, Clemson University is proud to have you. And it's, I'm happy to have you a friend. And I appreciate you spending some time with us and uh, enjoy some retirement. Maybe take a day off and, and uh, have a cold one with Dillard. Enjoy some time, uh, some time off. I appreciate it, Jim. It's, it's, it's been a pleasure getting to know you too. And I'm, I'm proud of your career on TV. You're doing an awesome job. And, uh, you know, somebody's got to be around to tell the stories. And, exactly. And you tell great stories. Well, so, I, man, got... I, I, I appreciate what you do. Well, I appreciate it. And uh, give your wife a hug and enjoy some time off. You got it, buddy. Thank you. Flying down that levee road, trying to see how fast she'll go. I got my baby along for the ride. Forever far as I can see At least that's what I want to believe, girl As the sun sets in your eyes Well, some things never change But some things stay the same Like the blues, the truth, the night I fell